and welcome to the Bikers Church Midrand Podcast. It's great to have you join us for this week's episode. We hope that you find this valuable for your daily life. Good morning to our guests, to our family. Just welcome and so good to have you connect with us this morning. Uh, We are approaching the end of a series called Through the Unknown. Now, during lockdown, my wife and I, we watched this documentary called The Dawn Wall. And this documentary is about two American free climbers, uh, Tommy Cadwell and uh, Kevin Jorgensen. And they embarked on this epic climb of a, of a rock face called El Capitan in the Yosemite National Park in California. And it's just like three kilometers up of sheer rock face. It was deemed unclimbable. No one had ever done it, and they figured they were going to be the first guys to do it. Uh, an absolutely incredible documentary, so I'm not going to spoil the end for anyone who still wants to see it. However, there's this moment where they're talking through their process of climbing this rock face. And as they're talking through climbing this rock face, they talk about this moment where they are so close up against this rock face that all they can see is rock. Uh, they can't see the beginning. They can't see the end. They can just see the right here, right now. And, and the way that they are searching for every little crevice, every little crack in this wall to just try and shove a finger and try and shove a, a toe in to try and gain traction to move forward. And as one of the guys is talking through this process, uh, he said that, that with you being that close to that rock face for so long, it can actually just become very overwhelming. And there were these moments where they'd have to break away and, and go back to their base camp, which is just two tents <laughs> hanging in midair, kilometers up, uh, but they would go back into this base camp and they'd be able to look down and see the beginning. And they'd be able to look up and see the end. Because they just needed to recognize that there's a start and there's a finish. And that right now, this is just part of that journey. And to not be so focused in on just what's in front of them. And it was amazing that as he's talking through it, at one stage, the camera actually just shoots back and zooms out of this process. And you could actually see the beginning and you could actually see the end. And and as I spoke through this, the, the analogy just jumped out at me. Because isn't it so true that in life, especially today, within what we're facing globally, we kind of know where the beginning of this was. But at this stage, we have no idea where the end of it is. And for a lot of us, all we can see is the right here, right now. And we are so focused in 
on the challenges that we are facing daily, on, on, on the things that just seem so overwhelming. And as a result, we're just trying to find these little cracks, these little, these little um, crevices that we can get a finger or a toe in to be able to try and gain some form of traction to move forward. And that entire process for so many of us just feels so completely overwhelming because there's this unknown that we're approaching. There's this unknown that we are in that, if we're honest, is starting to cause some pain. And if you're anything like me, whenever I face this unknown that hurts, this unknown that's caused pain, then, then this unknown that hurts tends to become my focus. Now, we've been talking through the series of Through the Unknown, which is really just us talking through the book of Psalm 23, which is this, this portion of King David's journal uh, that we're delving into just as he wrote of this process that he himself walks through as he's facing his own unknown. And just how he navigates through this and how, how he invites this good shepherd to come alongside him and, 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 and how he follows this good shepherd through this process. So this morning, let's just get back into it uh, as we read in Psalm 23 uh, from verse 1. What David has said so far is this. He says, the Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength. He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. And then last week we spoke through verse four, where David says this, he says, even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid. For you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. And as we kind of just hit pause there, we can, within that portion of scripture, we can, we can so, so clearly see where David's focus is. That David's focus isn't on the valley. It's not on the shadow. It's not, it's, it's not on, on, on the threat. But that David's focus is on the one who's walking him through that valley. It's, his focus is on the one who's, who's walking him through that shadow. His focus is on the fact that God is with him. And that's where his focus is. He carries on this week in, in, in verse 5 and he says this, You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You honor me by anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessing. Three quite incredible lines that I believe are so fitting for where we find ourselves today. You see, it's in this moment that, that, that David acknowledges, as he does in verse 4, where he acknowledges the unknown 
that hurts. He, he recognizes and acknowledges the unknown that's a threat to him in the moment. He's like, hey, there's this valley, there's this shadow of death. Yeah, it's just a shadow, but, but you know, it's still, it's still pretty hardcore walking through these things. He acknowledges it, but it's not his focus. His focus isn't the valley, just as now here in verse 5, where his focus isn't the enemy at the table or the enemy close to the table. His focus is on the feast. As we read it, you know, we, we, we read where he says, you prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. And as I, as I say that, I don't know about you at home, but as I read it, I'm not left in the space where I'm focusing on the enemy. I'm really in a space where as I read it, I'm, I, my mind keeps gravitating towards the fact that there's this feast that's prepared for, for David. And, and he's relaying it back to us going, hey, there's a feast that's prepared for you, even in the presence of your enemies. So David's focus comes through so clearly. But as we said earlier, he does acknowledge that there is this, this presence of a threat. There's this presence of, of an unknown that hurts. But the beautiful part of this is that David says that even though there's this threat, God still comes and he prepares this feast for me, even in the presence of a threat. Now, I, I think it's important that we recognize that David didn't say, hey, he prepares a meal for me in the presence of my enemies. Because I, I firmly believe, because I've been to a meal and I've been to a feast. And there's a big difference between a meal and a feast. Like a meal is everything you need. It's everything that I need. A meal in Afrikaans terms is rijsvlees en aardappels. You know, a, a, a meal is I've got, my, I've got my carb, I've got my protein, I've got my veg, I've got everything that sustains me. But a feast, a feast is more than what I need. When I think of a feast, I, 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 think, I think firstly of preparation. You know, a meal takes preparation. But if you've ever prepared a feast, a feast takes far more preparation. And I think that's something that we shouldn't just bounce over. I don't, I don't believe it's something we should just kind of gloss over. Because you see, when I consider the preparation that's taken for a feast compared to the preparation that's taken for a meal, I feel that so often in our lives, we just don't have the patience to wait for the feast. If you're anything like me, especially when I was younger, I can remember as a kid, I couldn't wait for, for the preparation of a meal. Man, Don't tell me we're going to eat in a half an hour, because then for a half an hour, I'm bugging you. Uh, I, rather send me outside, let me, let me run around, let me do my thing. And when the food's ready, I'll come in and I'll, and I'll eat. And, and, and chances are, you may be a little bit like that. But within that analogy that I've just given, I feel like so often, so often as, as people, we miss out on the feast 
because we're not willing to wait for the preparation. We're not willing to endure the preparation. We're not willing to go through the preparation that's needed for us to enjoy a feast. We just want it now. So we keep grabbing the meal. We keep grabbing the meal. We keep grabbing the meal. And we never get to enjoy the feast. And I want to encourage you. You may just need to slow things down a little bit. You may just within yourself, within what you are, 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 are facing right now, God may just be going through some preparation with you, preparing you for something far greater down the line. And it's going to take a bit of patience. It's going to require a bit of endurance because the preparation takes longer. So when I think of a feast, I, I think of this preparation. At the same time, I think of, of celebration and, and I think of, of like an abundance of good. Like when I think of a celebration, I actually think about who's sitting around the table. I think, I think around, around full hearts. I think around laughing bellies. I think, I think around great conversation. Like whenever I think of a feast, that's actually what I'm thinking about is just the most incredible time had by the people sitting at the table. And, and as I say that, let's not forget that David is describing this. And at the same time, he's describing that right there in, in that very presence is this threat. Like in the presence of my enemies, he prepares this feast for me. And as we consider the picture that I painted and, and the fact that the threat is still there, it starts to remind me so much of Paul's words to, to the church in Philippi in Philippians 4 verse 7, where, where, where he talks about this peace that surpasses all understanding. Like there's no reason why we should be feasting in the presence of threat. But yet we do. And, 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 and that's ultimately what happens when I shift my focus from the threat to the host. I get to experience this feast. I get to experience this peace. And I really believe that that's what David is communicating to you and to me here. Hey, let's shift our focus from the threat. Let's put our focus on the host. And let's enjoy the celebration. Let's enjoy even the preparation. Let's enjoy this feast together. It's this peace that surpasses our very understanding. In the next line, David says, you honor me by anointing my head with oil. Now, let's be honest. This is language that escapes us. Like in today's day and age, when we think of of sitting at a table and someone walking around and anointing our heads with oil will probably be offended. We'd probably be irritated. But if we go back and we, and we look at, at ancient uh, Near Eastern culture, we recognize that this moment where the host would go around and connect with his guests and anoint their heads with oil, all that meant was that there was this moment in their visit where they'd had a hard day, they'd had a long day, they'd worked hard and, 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 you know, kind of had the day that you're imagining in your head right now. 
And in this moment, the, the host comes and he, he puts oil on their heads. And this was a very refreshing process for the guest. And again, we, we're talking about this thing of focus. And, and, and it's like David is communicating to us that, hey, if you're willing to shift your focus to the host, the moment that I shift my focus from the threat to the host, like he brings refreshing to my heart. He brings refreshing to my mind. He brings refreshing to my body. This, this process is refreshing purely by shifting my focus. He carries on and he says, my cup overflows with blessing. My cup overflows with blessing. Again, if you didn't grow up in church or around church language, like this wouldn't make any sense. Um, so let me try and put it in, in today's terms. When we talk about my cup overflows, we can, we can get that. Like if you've got a cup and you put too much in, it's going to overflow. There's no more space for things to go, so it's just going to overflow. Uh, what David's talking about here is my cup meaning me, you know. I overflow with your blessings. What he's saying there is, I overflow with God's goodness. And again, I, I, I can't help but just recognize that, that David isn't just talking about any old time that he's overflowing with blessing. No, David is making it clear that he's overflowing with blessing. And let's not forget, he's still in the presence of his enemies. He's still in the presence of this very threat. So not just is there a feast in this process of threat, not just it, it, does he find refreshing even in the, in the presence of this threat, but he's actually overflowing with God's goodness, <laughs> even in the presence of a threat. How on earth do you reach a point where you are overflowing with the goodness of God, even in the presence of this unknown that hurts? It comes down to one thing. What are you focused on? What are you focused on? You see, what, what David is starting to, 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 to really kind of just drill home for, for you and me is that David wasn't just enjoying a feast. He wasn't just finding this refreshment, but he was overflowing with God's goodness. Why? Because he wasn't focused on the valley. He wasn't focused on the shadow. He wasn't focused on the perceived death. Uh, he wasn't focused on the threat near the table. He wasn't focused on the unknown that hurts. No, he was focused on the one who walks him through the valley. He was focused on, 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 on the one that leads him beside peaceful streams. He was focused on the host who's prepared this incredible feast, who's anointed his head with oil. And because he's focused on the host and not the threat, he's experiencing this moment where he's just overflowing with the goodness of God <laughs> in a time where it's inconceivable to be overflowing with the goodness of God. And it all comes down to what he's focused on. 
You see, no matter our circumstances, ladies and gentlemen, God is faithful. The truth be told, the presence of a threat is always superseded by the presence of God. I wonder this morning, where's your focus? Where's your focus? What are you focused on? Are you focused on the valley? Are you focused on the shadow? Are you focused on the threat near the table? Are you focused on this unknown? Are you so close to that wall as we spoke of earlier on that all you are looking for right now is some crack, some crevice that you can just shove a finger in that you can get some form of traction so that you can move forward and it just all seems far too overwhelming? Are you focused on the good shepherd? Are you focused on on the host that's prepared a a feast for you, that wants to laugh with you, that wants to celebrate with you, that's preparing you for something so good and just wants to be with you. Because you see, when we can shift our focus from all the threats around us and just shift our focus to the host, to the Good Shepherd. It's in that moment that we start to overflow with the goodness of God. And the crazy part is it won't just affect our lives, but it affects the lives of the people around us. And we get to be the change that our communities need. So this morning, what's your next step? What's your next step? Maybe your next step this morning is just to pray the simplest of prayers, to just have the most simple of conversations with with God, with the good shepherd, and just say, Lord, forgive me. Lord, forgive me for, for focusing on the wrong stuff. Lord, forgive me for getting so hung up on the shadow, for getting so hung up on, on the valley, for getting so hung up on the threat, for getting so hung up on the unknown that hurts. But Lord, I I choose, I choose to, to shift my focus to the host. And as I shift my focus to you, I thank you, Lord, that you are preparing me for something. And I acknowledge that. I thank you that, 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 that there is a feast that you are inviting me to. That, that there is goodness that you have in store for me. Lord, I thank you that, that, that there is this refreshing that you are wanting to do in my life right now, regardless of my circumstance, regardless of the threat, my focus is on you. And you wanting to come and refresh and you wanting me to overflow with your goodness so that I can be your goodness, your love, your care to the people around me. Maybe that's your next step this morning. And if that is, I so want to encourage you to just take it, to just have that conversation with God. As you shift your focus from the threat around you, from the unknown to the host that loves you and that cares for you. 
Let's pray together. Father God, I thank you for this morning. Lord, I thank you for just the truth of what David is wanting to, to speak uh, into our lives, Lord, that you're wanting to speak through David into our lives this morning, Lord. And Lord, I thank you that as we just acknowledge you as, as the source of all things that are good, Lord. Father God, as we just acknowledge you as God, Lord, as this host who prepares this feast, who, 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 who anoints our heads and, and, and refreshes us, Father God, that you are this host that, that ultimately brings us to a place where we are overflowing with your goodness, Lord. Lord, I thank you that you will give courage and strength to men and women all over that are busy watching this right now. Lord, that you'll give them the strength and the courage to shift their focus from all that scary stuff that's happening around them, to shift their focus to what you are wanting to do in their lives. And more than that, that you will shift their focus to who you are in their lives. And Father God, that as men and women make this shift, Lord, that they will experience your goodness in their lives, the goodness of God, and that they'll overflow with it, that they can love, that they can care for, that they can encourage, that they can be their voice of hope, that our communities, that our society needs so desperately during that time, this time, Father God. We love you, Lord, and we just thank you for who you are and for what you are busy doing in us, even in the midst of threat. And we love you and we thank you that as you work this process in us, that we will grow closer and closer to who you created us to be. There will be an accurate representation of your son, Jesus. And we pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for being with us this morning. We love just connecting with you. We trust that you have a great week. And we look forward to seeing you next week. Cheers. We trust that you found this message valuable. For more information on who we are or how you can get involved, please check out our website at bikerschurchmidrand.co.za or connect with us through social media on Facebook or Instagram. Beyond that, have a great day.